Good morning or afternoon or evening or other times. Welcome to the Ackland Avenue podcast. This is our Sunday worship where we gather distantly, remotely, virtually and worship God. Today is December 6th. It's the second Sunday in Advent. And if you're like me, you're really missing singing and hearing those hymns and carols that remind us of Jesus' birth. This morning, we're going to be reading from Isaiah 40, 1 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and tell her that her time of warfare is over, that her punishment is completed. For the Lord has made her pay double for all of her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness, clear a way for the Lord. Build a level road through the rift valley for our God. Every valley must be elevated and every mountain and hill leveled. The rough terrain will become a level plain, the rugged landscape a wide valley. The splendor of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it at the same time. For the Lord has decreed it. A voice says, cry out. Another asks, what should I cry out? The first voice responds, all people are like grass and all their promises are like the flowers in the field. The grass dries up, the flower withers. When the wind sent by the Lord blows on them, surely humanity is like grass. The grass dries up, the flowers wither. But the decree of our God is forever reliable. Go up on a high mountain, O herald Zion. Shout out loudly, O herald Jerusalem. Shout, don't be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Look. The sovereign Lord comes as a victorious warrior. His military power establishes his rule. Look, his reward is with him. His prize goes before him. Like a shepherd, he tends his flock. He gathers up the lambs with his arm. He carries them close to his heart, and he leads the ewes along. Let's pray together. God of hope, you raised up John the baptizer as a herald who calls us to conversion. As we joyfully await the glorious coming of Christ, we pray to you for the needs of the church and the world. Help us be awake and aware of the radiance you bring to our lives. Help us be grateful each day for the blessings of family and friends. Help us be peacemakers in our lives and in the world. For the world that groans in anticipation of your return, help us be better stewards of your created order. In this season, we ask for your light to illuminate the darkness in our world and in our hearts so that your love and mercy and forgiveness can be seen and felt and known. We especially ask for healing for our sister Marianne. We we ask you to fill her with courage, endurance, and grit during this time. We pray for her family, biological and spiritual, to surround her with love and fill her with hope. May your glory be shown in her and through her, even when the days get dark and her, and her energy spent. So hear our humble prayer, O God, that we may serve you in holiness and faith and give voice to your presence among us until the day of the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. Feel free to stop the recording now and worship the Lord.
I'll be reading from Psalm 85, verses 1 and 2, and 8 through 13. You showed favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this day and for this time of worship and praise. Lord, we ask that you lift up those who need your healing, especially those affected by the virus, Lord. Lord, as it gets colder, we ask that you watch over those who don't, who don't have a place to stay. And as we enter into the holidays, Lord, allow us to reflect on your Son and his sacrifice for us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Feel free to stop the recording now and worship the Lord. Good morning, church. Before getting into the message today, I want to say something. For quite some time, but especially since summer, we have witnessed many conversations about justice in our criminal justice system, including our police force. Too often, our system has demonstrated racial inequities. Put simply, my black and brown neighbors too often have experienced a different criminal justice system than I do. And that's not right. The gospel frowns on that. So what is our response as a church? Part of it lies in being more engaged and more prayerful for what is going on in our city. Therefore, I want to note the recent news that after the retirement of Police Chief Steve Anderson, that Nashville Metro-Davidson County now has a new police chief in John Drake. And just as we pray for our mayor, governor, president, other politicians, let us continually lift up Police Chief Drake in our prayers. And as he begins his tenure as police chief, I wanted to have a prayer for him this morning. Let us pray. Lord God, we pray for justice and fairness in our laws the implementation of our laws, and the enforcement of our laws. Lord, we see widespread distrust and suspicion, and we pray for healing and the rebuilding of trust. We thank you for police officers, and we ask that you be with Police Chief Drake. Grant him wisdom, patience, mercy, humility, and love. Lord, have mercy on him our entire criminal justice system, and our entire city. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Church, today is the second Sunday of Advent, and our gospel reading comes from Mark chapter 1, 1 through 8. Mark chapter 1, 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. 
make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. So every time about this year, we look at readings about the arrival of John the Baptist and how he announces the arrival of Jesus the Messiah. Uh, Next week, we'll look more at the person of John, but this week, I want to look at his message. In this passage, Mark links John's ministry to Isaiah chapter 40, specifically the famous voice in the wilderness motif. If we study what's going on in Isaiah, we gain access into the totality of John's message, what it tells us about Jesus and what it tells us about the gospel. Think of it like this. John is a messenger and the gospel is a message. The gospel is literally the word euangelion, which means good news. John comes to deliver good news, and the good news starts with this word, comfort. If John the Baptist sent you an email, the subject heading would be comfort. If John texted you one day, the first word you'd notice would be comfort. Now, that might strike us as odd. Isn't John the one who comes talking about repentance, fire, and judgment? Sure. That's correct. But it's all under the good news of comfort. There is good news of comfort, but you've got to wake up, as we talked about last week. You've got to repent, I'm sorry, you've got to repent and prepare yourself to receive the good news of comfort. So let's unpack the emotion behind this word comfort. I want you to think back to a really tough situation in your life. You failed a test. A friend betrayed you. You felt boxed in, powerless. People laughed and told stories about a party that you weren't invited to. You gave your heart to someone and they broke up with you. You worked tirelessly at a job only to watch someone less qualified get promoted over you. Maybe even got laid off. You love your family and you want to spend time with them, but no matter how hard you try, the conversation always turns to conflict hurt feelings. Maybe you got blamed for something you didn't do. Maybe you lost your temper, said something you shouldn't have, and even though you apologized, everyone remembers. These are all tough situations. When everything falls apart, what do you want to hear? Comfort. Who do you want to be with? Someone that is comforting. In these moments, I find myself longing for someone to tell me, it's going to be okay. You won't feel this way forever. (laughs) This moment will not define you. You'll get past this. It's okay. Trust me, it's okay. Isn't that what we want to hear? We want someone to come and bring comfort. We want someone to bring us signs of new life. One of my mentors tells this story. Years ago, his son studied to be a pharmacist, and he ended up doing a pharmacy residency in a foreign country. 
Unbeknownst to the father, the son slowly became addicted to painkillers due to a back injury he had had. And he ended up abusing his pharmacy license for personal gain, and he found himself arrested and put in jail. Can you imagine getting a phone call that your child is in jail half a world away? You want to help, but you don't understand the justice system there. Well, my friend quickly boarded a flight, arrived on the scene, showed up at the arraignment. He hired an attorney, but at a key moment in the proceeding, he asked if he could address the judge himself. And the judge, kind of taken aback by it, said, Sir, what do you want? And the father boldly replied, I'm sorry for my son's actions. I will do everything in my power to get my son back on the right track. Today, I ask that the court release him into my custody and allow me to take him home tomorrow. A gasp hovered over the courtroom that this American father made such an audacious request. But to the surprise of everyone, including the attorney he had hired, the judge simply said, Okay, you may take your son home. I release him into your care. And so the next day, the dad took his son back home. That is comfort. And that is the message of John the Baptist. God has come to take you home. The Messiah is coming to make all things new. New creation, new life is coming. Look at the book of Isaiah. Chapter 39 ends kind of the first part of the book of Isaiah, and it ends by alluding to the exile under Babylon. The prophet tells Hezekiah that Babylon will someday come and take Jerusalem. And we know from elsewhere in the Bible of the devastation, the chaos, the deportation of exiles, and ultimately the destruction of the temple in 586 B.C. And after all of that, the next word that we read in Isaiah, after the exile, the next word, the very next word that we read is comfort. In fact, it's not just the first word, it's the first two words. The second word is comfort as well. And so all of John the Baptist's ministry is caught up in this section of Isaiah and what it means to prepare the way. So our Old Testament reading today is Isaiah chapter 40, 1 through 11. I want to read that now. Isaiah chapter 41 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. Because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God remains or endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. 
See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. May we hear this message from the messenger. All people are like grass. The grass withers, the flowers fall. Just this past week, the last golden leaves from my last tree to shed leaves finally lost them all. In my yard, all of my trees are now barren. All of my leaves have fallen. Winter has come, and it is the natural season of death. People are like this. We are mortal. We die. We do not live forever. On our own, we will die and cease to exist. Jerusalem died. The people died. But there is one who does not die. The word of our God endures forever because God endures forever. God lives forever. So look at verse 9 there of Isaiah 40. Bring good news to Zion. There is good news. And once again, this is the gospel. What is this good news? The sovereign Lord comes with power and like a shepherd gently gathers the sheep. The exile is over. The good news, the gospel is this. The king is coming to reign and make all things new. Death is over. New creation is coming. Mark begins this gospel like this to show that it's all about new creation. And notice how he starts. What are the first words of the gospel of Mark? The beginning. It's the same start as Genesis. Mark wants us to hear this as a new creation story. It all begins with John enacting the words of Isaiah that exile is over. The Messiah will bring comfort. The Messiah will bring life out of the ashes. And if this is true, and I believe it is, it changes everything. If this is true, and I believe it is, then you can build your life around it. If this is true, and I believe it is, it shapes how you view everything. Do you believe that Jesus brings new life out of the ashes? Let me tell you one of the weirdest things I've ever been involved in. And I'll set it up this way. On May 18th, 1980, the volcano, Mount St. Helens, erupted in Washington State. I have no memory of the eruption. I was only two years old. But in elementary school, I remember being mesmerized by pictures and stories of it all as we would talk about earth science and different things, like third, fourth grade. Then, in July of 1988, on a family trip, I visited Mount St. Helens. And at that point, it was all still very barren. Near the mountain, it looked like the surface of the moon the day we visited, I remember feeling so scared and nervous all day. My dad and grandparents drove our rental car as close as they allowed visitors. And i got to be honest with you, I didn't want to be anywhere close to it. At age 10, I was still worried about it exploding all over again. Uh, like we often did at parks when we'd visit as a family, we went to hear a park ranger give a talk. And this park ranger was so upbeat and perky, even giddy. Uh, and it was so odd because it, 
I felt like it was the most barren landscape I'd ever been to in my life, and yet this park ranger was like so happy to be there. And he kept talking about the natural process of volcanoes, and he talked about how volcanoes actually slowly emit more lava as a way of building back up. As the hot lava hardens, the mountain grows again, and the crater slowly becomes a mountain again. He talked about how new life would come from the hillsides, and that flowers would gradually grow more and more. It looked like the darkest place I'd ever been, but he kept pointing to signs of life. He kept talking about how lava was actually a good thing. He said, we should root for lava so the mountain would come back to life. And to top it all off, <laughs> I promise this really happened. To top it all off, he had us chant, lava, lava, lava. I promise you, it was the weirdest thing. And I refused to participate. It was so creepy to me. Lava, lava. I mean, I'll never forget it. But he was right. <laughs> I mean, he was right. Uh, in Ju I, think, I think it was 2010, July of 2010, 30 years after the eruption, Beth and I visited Mount St. Helens. And as we turned off the exit, I couldn't believe my eyes. Everything was green. Everything looked lush. And if you looked closely, you could still see the scars. But no one could deny this truth. The mountain had come back to life. New life had come out of the ashes. And on that sunny July day, as we drove down I-5 from Seattle to Portland, catching views of Mount Rainier and the new Mount St. Helens, I felt a deep sense of comfort. I was overwhelmed by a sense of comfort. So what I'm trying to say this morning is this. If John the Baptist got a job as a park ranger, I think he would have us all chant, Lava, lava, lava. Because more than anything, John wants us to know that new life is coming. Jesus, the source of life, is coming. And this is good news, friends. Do you believe this? Does this news bring you comfort? For in these days, we long for comfort. The COVID numbers are not encouraging, and we grieve with those who have died and those who have lost loved ones. Our political process shows signs of immense strain. Many cry out for justice. Many struggle to put food on the table and roofs over their head. Many wonder when they'll ever get another hug. Isolation is everywhere. 2020 has brought a lot of bad news, and there's no denying that bad news. But in the midst of that, we read the gospel, and the gospel tells us to take comfort, because in the midst of all the bad news, there is good news. And the good news is greater than the bad news. New life is coming. Jesus is coming. Do you hear your father? He boldly speaks to the forces of evil and the powers of death that bind us, and he says, Release my child into my custody. And he gets his way. Do you see the shepherd? The shepherd gently gathers the sheep into his arms. Family, I pray that you feel the Lord's comfort today. I pray that you feel the Lord's comfort in this season. And I pray that you build your life around this truth. I pray that you allow this reality to shape how you see everything. Good 
wins over evil. Life conquers death. Signs of life rise from the ashes. Hear the good news. Believe in the gospel. Jesus is Lord. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Please take a moment to, uh, to worship God and to prepare your hearts and minds uh, for communion. On the night before our Lord Jesus Christ was handed over to suffering and death, he took bread, and after he had blessed it, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take and eat, for this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper he took the cup, and after he had blessed it, he gave it to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Let us pray. God, come to us in the body and blood of your Son in this bread and this cup. Come to us in this community of faith, in the strong arms of the church. And may we find here the strength to repent and the will to love you, to love our neighbors, and to love our enemies. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. closing reading is from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 15. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and new earth, the home of, of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. Let's pray. Holy Father, I am... Um, thankful for your word, thankful for um, the teaching that we've heard this morning. God, I just, I pray that um, we can take it upon our hearts. Uh, God, give us, um, give us patience and mercy and grace. Um, 
as we uh, travel through this winter time. God, I pray for healing and um, salvation. Um, Lord, I pray that um, those that don't know you, those that know you um, and are struggling with how to follow you, um, I pray that they're able to find answers. Lord, I pray that um, we're able to be kind to one another um, and not prone to jealousy. Lord, as folks are healthy and able to do things and others aren't healthy uh, and not or not able to do things, I pray for grace and mercy. I, cr- I pray for um, kindness and service. Lord, as, um, as, as others just uh, are, are dealing with economic hardship, um, I pray that others can bless, um, bless those that are hurting um, and just uh, help them find opportunities. Lord, we are so grateful for you, and I know that you will help us. And I just I pray at this time that uh, uh, we will be more like Jesus and bear witness to uh, what you would have us do in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Hope everyone is enjoying the cooler weather and getting into the Christmas spirit. It is hard to believe that this long, strange year is soon coming to its end. Hallelujah. We do have several birthdays to announce this morning. Mary Paul Thornton is turning 14 on December the 8th. Cousins Naomi and Sophie Spivey are also turning 14 on the 10th and the 12th, respectively. Ryan Selleberger, who is definitely not turning 14, has a birthday on the 10th. And last but not least, J.C. Green on the 12th is turning 15, which means learner's permit time. Congratulations to all and happy birthday. So unlike past years, all holiday events are virtual this year. On Sunday, December the 13th at 6, we will have our annual Christmas party. There will be the traditional, well, maybe traditional is the wrong word for this, but there are plans to do the Dirty Santa gift exchange event as part of that. So if you're interested, go ahead and choose a gift. Robbie has been sending out um, emails about the Advent podcast, so continue to look out for that over the next few days. And thanks to all those who have worked to get this out. And let's certainly continue to pray for those on our prayer list. Marianne Corley has finished her first week of treatment, so continued prayers for her and her family. That's all I've got. I'm sure that I have missed something, but everyone have a great week and be safe and God bless. You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.